everybody, it's me, Idiosaurus. Ha ha ha, just kidding, it's me, Hey Goo. My real name's Eric, remember? Welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest, an ADHD adventure. At the top of this episode, Katie and I respond to questions sent to us by listeners like you. If you would like to send us a question, feel free to email them to infinitequestpodcast at gmail.com, and maybe we'll answer it on our next Q&A episode. After that, we have our interview with ADHD advocate and gym owner, Burritos and ADHD from TikTok. In it, we talk about body image, body neutrality, and how learning to accept your body can help you learn to accept your mind. I'd also like to let you know that next week we will be back with more ADHD and D, and I'm super stoked. So, anyways, here is season one, episode nine of Katie Nair's Infinite Quest. Full disclosure, Katie and I mess around for a couple minutes at the top of this episode, so if you'd like to skip directly to the Q&A, it starts at about 7 minutes and 30 seconds in. But if you want to listen to us mess around and talk about, uh, I think, Pop Pop from Community and to Turkey, I think, just keep on listening. Hold on, I'm just, I'm on a wheelie chair, and so every time I move, it's going to go, so I'm going to grab a not wheelie chair. Okay. I'm going to grab a not wheelie chair for my not not wheelie chair. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and get my not I'm wheelie just chair. Not, I just don't want, I just prefer a chair that is, uh, provides an element of stability and uh, comfort. You know, it's a, you know, it's a very nice little, oh, I'm going to shut my door and then I'm going to stop thinking about stuff. I also want you to really, like, it is 324. We were like, let's start recording at three. We have done a very bad job. Hey, we're doing great. We're doing, we're doing the best. We're doing the best we can with what we've been given. Good. Because Katie, did you know that I really like talking to you? And so No, oh, I really like talking we to you too. If we weren't limited by our a meeting after this, then we would just be talking for ten million years. <laughs> Could we take water breaks and pee breaks? And oh water, breaks? Katie. I'm so glad that you said that. Eric, I, need to, I swear I need to, to God. Am I, am I, are you, am I, what am I doing, what, am no, I being go a get, jerk? go get water, and then, okay. and then we, we have to start the podcast, Eric, we have to start the podcast. Okay, I'm screwing on the, the pop, the pop filter, baby. Pop, 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 pop the filter. Is hey, pop, community. pop still like a, like a reference that we can make? I'm gonna do it, I'm worried, but I'm worried if they don't get it, it's just like a gun reference. Oh. You know? No, I think it's, it's from community, it's a funny... Also, like, I want to know, like, what, like, who, like, how many variations of that did they go through? Like, the writers in the writer room yeah. community <laughs> were just like, I don't know, like, boom, pop, cabal, bang, like, what? No, like, zip, no, that's zap, not it. Like, not quite. Zappity, zap, doop, zip, zap, bop. Like, like, what this, was. The, then, like, the stoner from across the room was like, what about pop, pop? And the whole room, a hush fell over the room. I was like, my God. Like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm just here to deliver your Sammy's bra. <laughs> it's like that scene from uh, from Amadeus when Salieri's reading Mozart's stuff and he just drops it on the floor. <laughs> is it not good? <laughs> it is miraculous. It's miraculous. Pop, pop. It's going to be me who has to edit all that out. So I guess as a man sows, so shall he reap. Mm. Pop, pop. I don't know. I'm sorry. I keep saying it now. <laughs> That would be kind of nice if you're just like a character that only says two things, because then you just don't ever have to worry about what no, to yeah. say. You just say pop, yeah, pop. Just, and that's your line. Although I feel like at you. some point, like I would be sitting there going like, I have two master's degrees in Shakespeare and this has <laughs> come to like, I've played Hamlet. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's like pros and cons to it both ways. 
So, Katie, what do you think about the size of the turkey? In uh... that, why would you do that? <laughs> we have know. half an hour to record this segment, Eric, and you, <laughs> you and I both know, you and I both know that that there's not time for that discussion because that I is know. a easily a 45 minute to an hour long rant depending on how far you want me to get into the construction of housing uh during the dickensian uh period in in london uh because that is an important facet of that conversation that's a teaser trailer for our christmas eve episode everyone we we snuck that one in there yeah you really really fizzled out towards the end there and also i want you to let you know that when i was laughing i was checking my levels i wasn't actually laughing at you (laughs) I was aware that that was what was happening. Uh, and a pair of fancy hoots. It's fancy boots. Fancy you know. bats. <laughs> fancy. Stressful. stressful. Gloves. Or wait, gloves is actually in it. I think gloves is actually in it. I, I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. Hey, I don't Katie. have time for that kind of editing. Just changing hey. my clothes 19 times for a TikTok. No, thank you. Uh, oh, Katie. Uh, all right, Katie, you got to get the starter or else I'm going to keep Ten, messing around with all this stuff. Nine. Oh, no. Okay. Eight. I'm getting there. Seven. Uh, six. Five. I'm just going to start without you. Four. Uh, three. Okay. Two. Okay. One. I'm doing it. I'm starting, I'm starting the podcast. Shit. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Infinite Quest. It's me, Katie Osaurus. And that silence you hear is Hank Yude frantically trying to get shit me, together hey, in the background. I'm good. I'm together, Katie. I'm together. There we go. Okay. Hey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Infinite Quest. It's episode nine, I think. Right? R- I think right? it's eight, Katie. No, it's nine. It's last, that, last week was episode eight when we talked about the, 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 how grateful we are for everybody. It was Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot we counted that as an episode. Like a little small boy. It was a little small boy episode. A little so bitty, 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 bitty. It was a micro podcast. It was a, mi- it was a pod. No, I was, was going to say a podcast, but that's not anything. It was a amuse-bouche. It was an am- amuse-bouche. It was a podetta. Mise en place. All right. Uh, so, okay. So, for, for episode nine, uh, we decided that we kind of wanted to uh, go to you, the people who listen to our podcast. And so, over on TikTok, uh, we asked for your questions, uh, stuff that you wanted to know about us or about ADHD or mental illness or whatever. Uh, and so, we've chosen a few of our favorite questions and we're going to be answering them for you today. An important thing to also know, if you listen to this episode, you're like, oh, man, uh, they didn't answer my question. We're going to do this again. There's, We're going to do this again. So you have not missed your shot. We we might still get to your question. And also, if you're like, hey, I didn't even see that TikTok. What are you talking about? Uh, you can send us your questions. Uh, you can, We have a new website now. It's infinitequestpodcast.com. And you can also send them to infinitequestpodcast. Uh, Wait, oh, I said that really bad. And you can also send it. Fuck me. You can also send them to infinitequestpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so yeah, You're crushing so this, quest- Katie. Quest- questions. What? You're really doing great right now, Katie. You're crushing it. I forgot to take my meds this morning, Eric, and I'm, Katie, not, doing, I'm not doing a good job. Hey, everybody, take your meds. Don't forget take to take your meds. Your meds. Drink some water and take your Do meds. Do not don't follow be like, Katie's example. Don't be like me, because I did a bad job this morning, and I can like feel it in my body. So I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can right now. Yes, and you're doing great. Do you want to get to these cool kid questions? 
Yeah, let's get to these cool kid questions. All right, cool. Um, all right, so the first one that came up a lot, I didn't take a note of everybody's username because it came up a lot, um, but basically they wanted to hear our diagnosis stories, how we found out that we had ADHD uh, and that kind of stuff. So uh, Eric, your story is very different than mine. Yeah, uh, it is. So do you, do you want to start? Yeah, so I always sort of knew pod, or, uh, podcasts were a part of my life. I always knew that ADHD was like a part of my life because my dad has ADHD super hard. Um, and I always knew I was like my dad, but I didn't really like feel the urge to do anything about it or get a formal diagnosis um, because it was just like, yeah, I'm like my dad. This is cool. Um, but then at some part like of my schooling career, I guess, um, I started to really want to do the work and want to do the homework and do the reading. And I found like physics super interesting and math super interesting and, and you know. The things we were reading in in, in you know, English class because it was just called English because it was just all of English, which I always thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, but uh, I started really actually wanting to do the work, and and I'd always struggled to do homework and do the reading and stuff like that. But I was sort of like, yeah, whatever, you know, I don't really care. This stuff is, you know, this, it's interesting. But like when in the earlier stages of school, I don't know, like none of the, I, I felt like I really, I, I hadn't gotten to like the meat and potatoes of subjects yet. Like I didn't know that at the time, but looking back, um, there was like a threshold of stuff being interesting. Um, and once it got to a certain level of interesting, I was like, oh, whoa, that's really cool. What are we reading about again? And so they would say, okay, yeah, go home and read this chapter on, on balancing chemical equations or whatever. And I would be like stoked. I'd be like, oh, sweet. This is really cool. Like, I love the lecture, you know, because I, I was lucky enough to have a very animated um, chemistry teacher in my freshman year in high school. Um, but I would get home and I would like want to do the work and I would sit down with the book. And it was like, I always, I always think of it like my brain felt like uh, uh, an unbalanced like washing machine on the spin cycle. Hmm. So when I would look down to read, I'd be like, all right, chapter whatever, here we go. My brain would go like and just start vibrating and shaking. And, and the longer I tried to keep my eyes on the page, the more violently my brain would just start shaking. And like, and so I kind of went, oh, oh, gosh, like, whoa, whoa, that was weird. Huh. And then I would look at the page again and start reading again. And then and I, 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 I couldn't do the work. And I always figured that once I reached a point where I wanted to do the work, like if I wanted to focus, I could. I'm not focusing because I just don't want to, you know, I probably have ADHD, but like if I really wanted to do the work, I could force myself to focus and, and do it. And so, yeah, right around when I was 15, I started realizing, oh my gosh, like this isn't something that I can control. This is something intrinsic. Like this is, whoa. And that was honestly like the feeling I felt when I would be like in when I realized that I couldn't focus, even if I really wanted to, um, was, I mean, the feeling I felt was terror. It was terror. Um, oh my gosh, I am not in control of this. Like I, I don't have control over my own brain. Whoa. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, that was a really terrifying, terrifying moment. And so then I started, there was a long sort of pro I didn't immediately go like, mom, holy shnikes, I need to get a diagnosis. But I sort of watched it. I like realized that this thing was was bigger than I thought it was. Um, and then I started noticing how it was affecting um, even non-scholastic things. Like I started noticing like, oh, you know, when my friend puts something down, they remember that it's there, you know, 
Like yeah. they'll leave the house <laughs> and they'll just like, gr- they'll grab the keys. And I'm like, whoa, that was amazing. And <laughs> then I started realizing, oh my gosh, like 10, 20, 30 times, like an uncountable time amount of times a day do I have to find something that I just had in my hand? And I always just kind of figured like, oh, people's brains are weird. Like, that's fine. And also, again, my dad is ADHD. So I had watched him do that my whole life. So I always just kind of figured that that was just normal. Um, and then I started noticing that not everybody did that. And I, I just started noticing how much a, of, of a hindrance that was on my daily life. And so that's when I kind of went to my mom and was like, hey, so this whole thing, you know, how I probably have ADHD, all that stuff. I want to start looking into this, like, act like formally. I want to start understanding what this thing is. Um, and so I got a referral from my therapist to a psychiatrist. And it was a really long process of, like, moving shapes around a table and taking, like, IQ tests and, like, them reciting numbers to me and me having to recite it back to them, but then backwards... And basically, it came out that um, all of my, like, there were, like, four categories of, of mental measurement. Mm-hmm. Um, three of them were about as expected. They were within, like, three or four points of each other. Um, and then my working memory was, like, 40 points lower. It was, it was bad. <laughs> it was, like, equivalent to, like, you know, I mean, this is actually true, is, is people with ADHD often have a working memory that is equivalent of somebody very advanced in age. Um, so it was sort of what you would expect in a person who's, you know, 90. And so that was like the official diagnosis. And then, then the medication process started and that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's how it started. That was my, the beginning of my journey, I suppose, and a journey on which I still am. And here we are on that journey together. It's very wholesome. Together. It's very and then wholesome. I met Katie and it was all worth Yay. it because then I met Katie. Hi, Aww. Katie. Aw, beans. <laughs> Wasn't that nice? So uh, Kateriana wanted to know, I hear that you were diagnosed at 30. What was it like growing up undiagnosed? How did you find out and get tested? And did you wish that you were diagnosed earlier? So that's that's my version of that question, I think. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's actually really funny that you talked about being like terrified because that that was the the prompting for for me going in to get diagnosed was I was in uh I was working a, a sh- three Shakespeare shows in rep and I had been given major roles in every single one of the shows don't don't want to brag or anything what were, um, what were the shows Katie what were the shows it was Tempest Twelfth Night and that's a lot of nights it was and something else and I don't honestly remember off the top of my head um but so I had I had big roles in each of these shows and. I would sit down, kind of like what you were talking about. I would sit down to learn my lines, and I would, I would, I most of the time I wouldn't. I would sit down to learn my lines, and then I would immediately get up and do something else. And then I was like, okay, I have to buckle down. I have to buckle down. I have to do this. Um, and it was one of the first times that I, I truly felt like I wasn't in control of my own brain because I'd always been able to memorize. I'd always been like, okay with it. And like, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to learn lines and it was a struggle, but I knew that I knew that I had to spend more time learning lines. I knew that I had to work on this kind of stuff harder than other people, but I love what I do. And so that work and that time and that investment was worth it. But all of a sudden I, I couldn't, I, I mentally and physically couldn't do it. And that was horrifying because this is, this is my job. This is my, my, um, you know, personal and professional reputation on the line. And I was like, oh, shit, like, what do I do? And so um, one of my friends, uh, one of my very dear, dear friends has 
ADHD and struggles with other mental illness. And he was like, I think you need to call somebody. And I think it's time that you ask for help. But I was, I was scared. I was so scared to ask for help because it was admitting that I had a problem. It was admitting that I was out of control. I was, I was out of control in my own brain. Um, but so, yeah, so the, the day before my 30th birthday, I wound up having my appointment and I went in and I talked with the psychologist and I got so lucky. And when I say I got lucky, like the, the luck that I had in that day, like I, it, I say it was such privilege. Um, but she is, I think, 35 or 36, but her story is nearly identical to mine. She was a gifted and talented kid who like really never struggled in school and honestly like breezed through school. And then she got to college and started experiencing burnout and just like just kind of had the whole thing. Um, and so when I came in and I kind of like shared my own story, she was like, oh, yeah. I see you. I understand. And so it was, there was never like a question, uh, you know, and I, I, I personally never had to like struggle to be believed because it, it happened that the person that I went to for help had the same exact experience as me. And so I, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, but the other part of the question was, um, do I wish that I was diagnosed earlier? And what was it like growing up undiagnosed? Um, and, and the real truth is like, I don't, I don't have a good answer to that question because like it had always just been my experience. My experience had always been struggling with things, not being able, you know, not being able to stay organized. Like that was the big thing for me is like, I'm, I'm so bad with organization, but I have inattentive type ADHD. Um, and I'm also a woman and women, uh, ADHD in women looks very different than in men. And so most of my symptoms were missed. Um, it tends to look. It tends to look different. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I mean, to be, as a man being like, well, actually, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I mean, you're right. I do tend to overgeneralize sometimes. Um, but like now, like as I've learned more about ADHD and I've learned about the the different symptoms and the different sort of showings of it, um, presentations of it. I realized that everything in my life lined up, like my eating disorder and my issues with self-harm and my sleeping problems and my problems with sex and intimacy and fucking depression. Like they're all connected to ADHD. Yeah. And like once I started looking at the statistics and I started looking at the the comorbidities, the rates of comorbidity, I was like, oh, this Knowing about this earlier, I think, would have dramatically, dramatically impacted my life. Um, and so that is hard sometimes because I, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like my life would just have been very, very different if I had known earlier. Um, but I know now. And that's the important thing, you know, like I, I found the tools and the, and the toolbox. And, and so that is, that's, that's cool, I think. Hey everybody, it's me, Katie Azoris, and this is the part of the show where if we had like a cool sponsorship by like Casper Mattress or Me Undies, we'd be like, hey, buy Casper Mattresses or, or Me Undies, but but we won't have a sponsorship. But you know what we do have? We do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash infinite quest. And speaking quite honestly, your support is what makes this podcast possible. Uh, so Me Undies too, more like We Undies, am I right? So if you're interested in supporting the show, head on over to patreon.com slash infinite quest for behind the scenes access, bonus footage, cool features, all sorts of neat stuff. 
and you can only get access to it if you're a Patreon. Also, there's a surprise at the end of the show for some of our patrons, so stay tuned. Okay, uh, back to the show. Transition. Frankly, looking back, I, I'm aware now that I imagined I had more control than I actually did. Yeah. I always thought that my uh, trouble with organization and my trouble with focus um, and my trouble with, trouble with what I now know to be um, executive functions um, I always figured that those were just choices. And when something comes along that I care about enough, I will make different choices. I will decide to get organized and I will decide to focus better. Um, and it's a really horrifying moment to realize that you don't actually have that control. And so like getting a diagnosis is, it's, it's, it's humbling in this, in this way, because you're, you're sort of realizing that you don't actually have control over those things. Um, but it's also, it's a, for me, it was a weird mixture of, of humility and, and, and terror, but also relief, realizing that these weren't moral failings for me. Yeah. I wasn't just bad and therefore this way. Um, and also, yeah, all, a lot of my comorbidities started to, you know, come together. I realized like, oh, you know, I've, I also have depression and I have since as long as I can remember. And I realized, oh, my gosh, a lot of the times when a depressive episode starts, it's when I'm trying to do something that I actually want to do, mm -hmm. and I just can't quite get there. And I'll bounce from one task to another, and I'll think, ooh, I'm going to write something, you know, I'm going to write a poem, and by the time I find a pen, I will have thought of something else that I want to do, and I'll bounce around, um, and the frustration that comes with that. And so the diagnosis was sort of like, it was terrifying, but it was also like looking me in the eyes, you know, the, like, well, looking myself in the eyes and thinking, oh, this is real. This is a real thing that's really happening to you, and it's not your fault. Now we can begin the process of like figuring out what's going on up there, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a that's a really good segue. So we got two questions that are similar but slightly different. So I'm gonna read them both, and I think we can just sort of talk about them. Um, so Julie and Lalande uh, wanted Ooh. to know um, how to deal with feeling resentful about your diagnosis. Mm. Um, and then Tori Ventures asked, uh, "Can you talk about the grieving that can follow a diagnosis of ADHD? Uh, finally, having an answer to why you always felt like a failure." I don't know if I grieved, like, I don't know if, if grieving is the right word. Um, I definitely grieve for, I think what could have been, you know, like yeah. I, I spend a lot of time, like I remember very, I should probably content warning this. I'm going to say some stuff about eating disorders in the next like 30 seconds. So just know that. Um, but I, I remember it is ingrained in my memory the first time that I chose to purge with my bulimia. Like I remember, I remember the day I remember what I was wearing. I remember where I was. I remember the circumstances that surrounded that choice. And like, I think a lot about like, if I had a time machine and if I could just jump to that moment and look at 16 year old Katie in the eyes and say, don't do it. Like this choice is going to completely change the entire course of the rest of your life and how you live and how you work and how you interact with the world. Um, and so I grieve that because I, I grieve not knowing that it's such in sort of integral part of my ADHD. Um, I also get angry. 
I like I I don't like hmm. talking about being angry because it just makes me uncomfortable because I, I I'm very uncomfortable being angry. Um, but hmm. I I get really angry because it's so it was so obvious it was so obvious looking back like, and I just remember the like the cruelty that I experienced because I wasn't like other people. Um, because I'm not like other girls. <laughs> um, but like, I remember I had a teacher who used to dump my desk all the time. She would just, she would pick up my desk and she would just Whoa. throw my shit all over the floor. And she would make wow. me like kneel down and pick it up and like in front of the other kids and be like, and that's what happens when he can't keep her desk clean. Um, you know, and the same with like my parents, like my parents did a wonderful job raising me. I like, I, I don't harbor any, you know, ill feelings towards my parents because they were doing the best job that they can. And, and I think that's important to note, but like the, the amount of time we spent fighting and arguing over like their version of clean versus my version of clean, you know, my version of organized versus their version of organized, what success academically looks like. You know, I, I burned myself out to get straight A's. I was in every club. I was in, I was, you know, I was president of every club. I was so successful, but it was, it was at the cost of my mental health because that was what I was supposed to be. That was the thing that I was supposed to do. I was, I was the good, I was the good kid, you know? And that pressure and those expectations, like I internalized it a lot and, um, and it, and so, yeah, so it's, it's been really hard, like seeing that and, and realizing that and unpacking like the implications that I have in my life about it. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know if that's an answer, but that's, that's thoughts <laughs> that I have on it. <laughs> we just are, t- are different diagnosis stories where I was diagnosed re- relatively early, um, mm-hmm. and you late. Um, the grief that I felt and feel um, was grief uh, for the future um, because, you know, I always figured that I could focus if I really wanted to and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I got my diagnosis, I realized that this isn't going anywhere. Like, this isn't going to change. You know, I, I can learn to manage it and all that, but it's not going away. This is just how my brain works. And so I sort of grieved for that um, for the person that I imagined I would become when like I woke up one day and was like, I know what I want to do. Um, and I mean, especially now that you and I have met and started all this, um, I feel like meeting you was sort of that moment, frankly, like meeting you and doing what we're doing. And my ADHD frustrates me now more than it ever has because I care so much about, you know, what we're building together and stuff. Um, but, uh, so I sort of grieved, I suppose, yeah, for the future that I always sort of imagined. Um, and uh, I think the anger that I felt was, I guess, anger from others for, anger at others for the shame that they sort of put on me. Because yeah. ADHD, you know, especially, this was definitely, certainly the case 10 years ago, and I hope it's less so now. And I think this is less the case now because of um, it's being talked about more. ADHD is being talked about more as, as like a, you know, you know, I don't want to even say like a legitimate disorder. It's been a legitimate disorder for a long time, but, um, something that's, that's more than just not being able to focus in school. It's something that affects every moment of your life. Um, but it was, it was just okay for other people to make fun of me for it. Um, it was okay for my friends to laugh when I set something down and forgot where it was. And like, they'll, they would like watch me, you know, look about the house, like, where's my, you know, wallet or whatever. And it's sitting right on the table and they're just watching me look for something that's on the table. Yeah. Um, 
And it was just sort of okay for them to laugh because it's ADHD. You know, it's not like they're making fun of me, you know, for having, I, I don't want to just pick another disorder, but you know, it, it was, it was, it was in the Overton window. Um, it was acceptable for them to make fun of me. And, and like, and I however no ill will necessarily towards them specifically, um, nor am I necessarily thinking of anybody in particular, although I can think of a couple instances. Um, but I, I feel anger that that was considered okay and is still largely considered okay just to laugh and say, haha, you know, you're, that was so ADHD your view or people use ADHD to describe themselves just as an adjective. Like, oh, like I'm so ADHD. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not offended at them or offended profoundly, but it's, I, I get frustrated that it's not thought of as being. But uh, it's, it's hurtful. I think it's hurtful because yeah. you realize that there is like a, this preconceived notion about this major part of you and it's never right. positive. It's never like, Oh my God, I'm so ADHD. And that's amazing. It's always like derogatory. Yeah. It's like, that was so ADHD. That's why you're so goofy or that's why you're so out of pocket or whatever. Or you're so random. Like it's, it's always, it, it, it's, it's, I think one of my biggest fears is, is being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And the things that I say and do, um, and w- one thing. Um, give me a second. <laughs> one of the most really infuriating and angering things um, that just happens to me reasonably regularly is when I'm talking about something, and somebody will call out like a symptom of my ADHD. Mm-hmm. that just causes everything else I'm saying to just be like, just thrown out the window. Like I'm no, my opinion is no longer valid. What do you, you mean? Know? Like, well, so if I'm, <clears throat> if I'm talking about something that really excites me, music or something, mm-hmm. um, and I start talking about it and I start talking more quickly and I start talking faster and then I start talking, oh, and then all, all the, like in Beethoven moved, you know, from the classical era, moved to the classical era into the romantic era and I just start going and going. Like, it's understandable that like they would need me to slow down, but, they would might uh, very frequently they would just sort of laugh at me or like I could see the look in their eyes as they realize like, ha look at, look at him spin out. Like look at him forget what he's talking about and then have to double back and look at him stutter, you know? Um, and if they call me out on it in a, in a, in a harmful way, in a, in a, um, in a, you know, a bad faith way, I go from being really excited about a topic to just being absolutely shut down by it. I think that's the most frequent, like thing that makes me really angry about ADHD is that mm-hmm. it's okay to just shut someone down for their symptoms. Um, and, you know, and going from being really enthusiastic about something, enthusiastically talking about something to going to being, Oh, now I'm just the idiot in the room. Now I'm just the fool who's stuttering and babbling. Like it's, it's, it's whiplash, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I can think of like a couple specific examples of that, that like I think about all the time. Like I worry so much that I'm, that that's going to happen again. I think about it all. I'm thinking about it right now, frankly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely did. I mean, I have the same thing. Like people make fun of me all the time for like my, you know, patent Katie Osborne rants and, and they're like, Oh, here she goes. And I'm like, but the thing is, is like, that's a topic that I'm passionate about. And like my ADHD is part of that. And it's like, yeah, did I hyper-focus on the size of the turkey and Christmas carol for three days? Yes, but I saw, I solved it. I saw, like, I found that answer and I'm proud of that. Like, and it's silly. I know it's a dumb topic, 
but I'm I'm proud of it. But then to have people just dismiss that passion and that time and that investment and that effort out of hand, whether or not it's about the turkey and Christmas Carol, is it's it's hurtful. It's it's hurtful and it and it feels I think more personal because it's it's like I I can't help it. I can't help that my brain is like this. And yeah, it's like I, I feel exactly the same way. Okay, so I think uh, that's actually kind of a good segue is, is talking about um, how sometimes words can inadvertently hurt somebody. Um, so LK Scouts wants to know, um, how can I be, or sorry. So LK Scouts wants to know uh, how to be supportive to our ADHD partners. And then similarly, Grisha Small asked how to be a supportive parent to somebody with ADHD. And I feel like there's some definitely some differences, but I feel like those things are, are so close together that I wanted to kind of talk about them in conversation. Yeah, I sort of break. I'm thinking of it sort of in two categories is how to support somebody who's just gotten a diagnosis and who is going through mm-hmm. that grief and the anger and the relief and, and all just all the things that come with that getting a diagnosis you know, how to support somebody in that moment. And then also like how to support someone, uh, you know, a spouse or a child or a friend or coworker, um, just indefinitely things you can always do to just make, make a, per- a person with ADHD more comfortable or more. Do you, do you have like a top three things that like any decent human being can do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. My, my biggest one by far is, is I guess, you know, we already know. So you you don't need to acknowledge every individual symptom that comes up. Like to, to think if, if you know somebody who has really strong tics, for example. Um, like me. Like you, Katie. Um, you just don't, just ignore it. It doesn't matter. Like we know we ticked, you know, or if I'm stuttering out, like that's my big one is I'll, I'll, I'll start to, to like, I don't, I don't have a stutter, but if I'm trying to find the words for something, I just, and, and it like, sometimes it happens for like a while, like 10 seconds, 20 of me just like trying to, and it's like, I know, I know I'm doing that. <laughs> Bear with me. And so I think a big one is just sort of, you know, just not acknowledging if, 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 if they're ticking a particularly large amount someday, or if I'm stuttering out at the beginning of a sentence, trying to, to get to that first word, um, just don't acknowledge it. Just, it doesn't matter. Just, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hop on that one though, too, because like, I also think like for me, like I have, I mean, I like get to double down on it because I also have a movement disorder, but like for me, it's like, I appreciate if people ask me if I'm okay, right? Like, so if I like, if I tick really hard mm. and somebody's like, oh my God, like, are you okay? And I say, yes, thank you for asking. Like, that's, that's different than like, oh my God, did you, oh my God, <laughs> she did it again. Oh my God, are you going to spill your coffee? It's like, are you like, and that's the thing. It's like, I think if it comes from a place of kindness, then it's like, I get if you're like checking in on us and you want to make sure it's it's okay, you know? But yeah, I think, I think that's, that's, that's good advice too. Yeah. And I think it also comes, you know, if, you know, you as you as as you like get to know the person. God, now I'm thinking about it, so I'm doing it more. Um, as you get to know the person, like like with you, Katie, like I I know if one of your ticks is like particularly bad to the point where like I actually want to say like, hey, are you all right? You know. Um, so I feel like you know it's it's you know just if you know you just know the person and just sort of. And I think if you if, especially with like a spouse, um, or or like a dear dear friend, somebody you know intimately, I think generally they'll assume that you're coming from a good place. I hope like, I don't want to make, there's a lot of, you know, I don't want to make too many generalizations. Um, but I think if somebody's doing something from a good place, then I'll sort of, I'll always just, you know, I don't want to say forgive them like it was negative, but I'll always was sort of work with them. And then also just be open about in the moment. Like if I'm like, 
stuttering to try to get to the first word and somebody consistently like interrupts me like takes takes the the the, the conversation from me in that moment which happens all the time um you might say like hey just you know i'll, I'll get there <laughs> you know just so you know not that it's entirely on you but um but you know just communication in general is just like the most important thing in, in, a, in a functional relationship. But yeah, so anyways, I, I think my, my big one, you asked me what my big one was and I've been talking for like five minutes. Or, oh, another big one is like, if I forget where I am in a thought, I'll just sort of hold my finger up and go, wait, I'm sorry, I lost it. Hold on. Um, and just, you know, bear with them. Like just let them, because that's, for me, that's, that's the scary, is, is thinking that people are noticing, thinking that people are like staring at me going like, whoa, that's weird. And so just sort of, you know, I, I don't know, that was unorganized that was <laughs> on brand. No, it was it was fine it was totally <laughs> fine also it's funny because like i was just i was sitting here thinking about there's this i i in deeply remember there's one time when uh i was i had a very very bad day with ticks um and this woman came up to me i was like at a restaurant or something and she asked me to leave the restaurant and then she was like you need to leave and i was like i'm, so, I'm sorry why and she was like we don't like and because she thought i was on drugs she thought that oh. i was on drugs and rather than approaching me and being like ma'am are you okay she was like you need to get out of here because like these kids don't need to see this and i was like i Whoa. have a disability ma'am and and she was like i don't care like it's disgusting you need to get out of here and i was Whoa. just like i just like i don't know like it was just like one of the weirdest things that has ever happened to me with like and i was like i was literally just i was waiting in line for a milkshake and she was like you need to leave it's like oh my gosh that was like a, yeah it was like really weird i don't know why that i just remember that but like that yeah that, i just thought that was like it wasn't funny in the moment but now i'm like i wish that like karen's had been a thing because then i could have been like calm down karen like karen there was they didn't I, exist yet well that's my number two i, I i'd say is just never withhold a, a milkshake from from somebody who's neurodivergent no. just because you know just never withhold a milkshake from anybody if anybody like, wants a milkshake I Give them always the milkshake. want milkshakes. I want milkshakes all the time. Milkshakes are my favorite. Look, come on. Come on. Look under your, look under your seat, Katie. <gasps> oh my God, it's a ukulele. And a box of <laughs> Could you imagine bars. if I orchestrated there to be some, somehow there would be a milkshake under your, that's an act. That's, right? I could bring that to Vegas. So, okay, I think <laughs> but, honestly, oh, sorry. Do you, you gonna well, I, I just, like, uh, the, they also asked about spouses and, yeah. you know, I'm not married and I feel like I, I, ta I, I, I don't know, do you have anything to say about yeah. Having um, a spouse with a woman having ADHD. I mean, I think it's it's really important that if you have uh, you know, one spouse ow, it just hurt my finger. It's fine. Uh I think it's Aww. really important that if you have um one spouse who is neurodivergent and one who is not, there has to be twice the communication, you know? Mm. Um because there's so many issues that can come up. Um, and, and it's, and it's small things and it's things that you don't think about, but like my perception of time is very skewed. That is part of my ADHD. I have terrible mm -hmm. time blindness. And yeah, so, absolutely. you know, like things about like chores and who's going to do the chores and what does a chore look like in terms of being done? You know, um, a lot of that, if you don't have those uncomfortable conversations, it can lead to so much resentment. And so sometimes yeah. you have to have a very silly conversation like, how do you like to sweep the floor? How, how would you like me to sweep the floor? Oh, our floor sweeping styles are very different. Can we come to a compromise? Do we need to buy a dust mop instead of a brute? Like, just dumb stuff. But it, it's yeah. it's the thing that small things, small things like being resentful that like, I never remember that it's trash day. 
And then, you know, so, so Chris always has to take out the garbage can. And then when it's up to me, I will forget. And then the trash doesn't get taken out. You know, that, that can start to add up and start to add up onto the pile of, of negativity and that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah. So like thinking through, like thinking through your life together and what are my strengths? Like my strengths are like, I'm, I'm very good. Weirdly, I'm very good with details as much as I have ADHD. I'm really good about like, oh, hey, don't forget, it's your mom's birthday in two weeks and Father's Day mm. is coming up and like that. Because I, I, I think it's like I've trained that into myself by being a stage manager. Um, whereas like, that's the thing that Chris frequently forgets. He'll forget stuff like that, you know? And so it's like, we can work together and we can, we can have that partnership where like my strengths are, are good for his weaknesses and vice versa. And in the places where we're both weak, we can help to support each other. Um, I also am realizing in this moment that I think this is a whole episode. I was, <laughs> Katie, I literally, I have written on my paper right here. We should just do a whole episode on this. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's I keep do this. thinking of new things and I'm like, oh, well, we're going to, I could talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that we, I think we should do that. I think we should give, I think we should honor this question and, and give it the answer yeah. that it deserves. So why don't we for now, why don't we are, oh, weirdly enough, our producer, Brian is telling us that we have oh. to move on. Um, oh, gosh, so why know, don't we break for so now? So thankful for Brian. I know we love Brian. He's, he's so nice. The, the tentacles are weird, but. The rest of it. The tentacles okay. are pretty weird, but you it's know, I just the don't first time you see him, it's just, like, but it's like you said, you just don't want to, you just fine. don't bring attention to it, and it's fine. <laughs> so Plus, okay, so why don't we take a break for now, and then we'll come back for the second half. Uh, but yeah, like we said earlier, um, if we didn't get to your question, we're I think this was good, right? We had a good time doing this. This was fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, uh, so, I didn't think of a joke for this very moment, so I might edit one in in, in the edit. But you know, okay. but yeah, I had a great time, and indeed I did. Two young fish were swimming along in the ocean an older fish swam by. He said, hey boys, how's the water? After a moment, one of the young fish turns to the other and says, what the hell is water? Now back to the show. But yeah, so we had a great time doing this. Thank you all so much for submitting your questions. Um, and yeah, you can reach out to us at infinitequestpodcast at gmail.com or on our brand new website, which is infinitequestpodcast.com uh, if you want to get those questions in. So yeah, um, cool. All right. Yeah. That's it. That's totally. The That's the end of the segment. Well, I've I've been Hey Good. I've been Katiosaurus, and, and we're not actually I, leaving, so I don't know why we're doing this. But I, I, I don't know. Like, and I imagine also that I'll I'll continue to be Hey Good. Like I have been Hey Good, and I imagine I will still be Hey. everybody, it's me, Katiosaurus, and welcome back to the second part of the show where we tell you about cool stuff that you might want to know about. We hope that you enjoyed this Q&A session as much as we did. We had a really good time answering your questions, and thank you to everybody who submitted questions. And if you want to have your question answered here on the show, feel free to reach out. You can do that by emailing us at infinitequestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on our new website, which is infinitequestpodcast.com. A really important side note about the website, we just put up an ADHD&D fan art gallery because we got our very first piece of fan art from fan jazz who drew an incredible portrait of blumpkin and helvetica and we are so excited about it oh my gosh i cannot tell you we are so happy so that's on the website so you can go check that out all right so i think that's about everything i needed to tell you this week so up next we've got our interview with burritos and adhd so stay tuned transition my name is Laura Barito, which is where the burritos comes from everyone gets really disappointed that i don't eat a lot of burritos uh, I don't hate burritos. I just don't eat them all the time. Yeah, so 
I know, like, well, this is an ADHD podcast, but I got somewhat diagnosed in December of last year. And by somewhat, I mean, I'd been working with my psychiatrist for about a year um, and was just like, I just started fighting him. I just started arguing with him. I'm like, this is not depression. He wanted to put me back on an antidepressant. And I was like, no. And I started doing my research and um, like, I never, like I never saw a specialist or anything, but like I went on medication and things got better. So that's my diagnosis <laughs> that <laughs> Adderall works. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was just kind of this weird, this year has been really weird. Just like I've looked back and realized how many things in my life have been affected by this. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the stuff that like Katie, you've talked about, like being an overachiever and like coping that way, being a perfectionist and like, yeah, that's me. And now I'm kind of undoing all that and I'm struggling in class and I'm trying to advocate for myself, but it's just, it's just been really clear, like, how much of my depression and anxiety and lack of ability to make friends and (laughs) lack of ability to fit in all these things just kind of, they make a lot of sense now. So, um, but, uh, I have an engineering degree and I own a gym, so that doesn't make sense, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) you built all the machines yourself. Uh, I mean, yeah, I could, if I wanted to, but, um, like I, I have way too many hobbies. I screen print, I sew, I have done things for like, you know, six months to a year at a time. And I'm like, oh, I'm done with that. On to the next thing. Like I own six sewing machines. Like that's not normal. <laughs> Are they different I mean, kinds of sewing machines? Yeah. Do they do different things? I don't know anything yeah. about sewing. So I guess I should just probably I think that's stop a perfectly reasonable about. amount of sewing machines to have. That's what like, I have to say. I make, I feel like I make my own clothes. <laughs> I make a lot of athletic wear. So I make like weightlifting oh, singlets gosh. and like sports bras and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, that's another thing. I'm really weird about like textures of my clothes. And now I'm like, Oh, that makes oh. Sense. <laughs> also so, sewing like athletic wear is a completely different skill than like regular, yes. like I'm like, I cannot do that. Like I'm garbage at it. So like mad respect. Is it because I'm garbage it's at the other stuff? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can't do normal stuff. Yeah, because, see, I just <laughs> like there's give. So if I screw up, I can kind of just like pull on it and it moves and then it fixes itself. So, and then I make things with normal fabric. I'm like, ah, now I gotta take this whole thing out. I just screwed the whole thing up. So, <laughs> so okay. So how does one come to own a gym? This fascinates me. <sighs> also, if if you want to use um, any like dodgeball references or anything like that, that'll really help me understand. <laughs> process um i it's not this huge inspirational story i like fell into gym ownership which that sounds terrible but um i had just quit my last engineering job and i was just like i'm gonna freelance like i'm just gonna go around and teach people how to lift weights and i'm gonna go from gym to gym and they're gonna pay me a bunch of money per hour and that's how i'm gonna make a living and it was like the first gym that i pushed my way into one of the owners was there and he was like hey do you want to get lunch sometime I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so we got lunch and he's, he offered, he's like, do you want to be part owner of this gym? Like I didn't ask for it. I wasn't looking for it. And I was like, okay. So I kind of like managed it for a year, year and a half. And it was owned by these like four really rich, rich white guys. And they were like, yeah, we're sick of doing this. Do you want it? And they just like gave it to me. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, congratulations so, on your gym acquisition. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> 
I, most people take out like a $30,000 loan and they like buy a bunch of equipment and they kind of live off of that for a couple of years. I've just been living in poverty. Like I lived in my gym for a while, like in the back office and I would wake up the people dropping weights and at five thirty in the morning. And that was, yeah, it wasn't fun. I don't recommend it. How was your, um, your schooling life, I guess, if you, you know, you said, I think on your, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy video on TikTok. <laughs> Did you have half of a PhD? I think yeah. something like that. <laughs> I, you- I went to PhD buddies. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll finish something one day. Like I really like the program I'm in now, but it's a master's program. Um, yeah, I graduated engineering school with a concentration in biomedical, which was like kind of moving in the right direction. I don't really like engineering. I like working with like the human body. And so I went to the University of Delaware for sports biomechanics, which is like, okay, good, right idea. Like we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And yeah, I, I hated it. I hated sitting in a lab for six hours at a time watching a machine run <laughs> and then doing nothing and then like writing down data and then putting another one. I just get distracted. I couldn't spend too many hours in there. And then, um, yeah, I just like, I had some like severe mental health problems at the time and so I decided to move here closer to my family and it was just like this is what I'm doing like if I want to pick this back up later then maybe I will and I guess I kind of have but I you know I have two years of like a full class load like 38 credits that are just I don't know they're useless it was fun like some of it was fun yeah but I didn't I didn't earn any letters after my name from doing it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you added a couple though now, to make it safe. Now, obviously, all of us here are absolute experts in sports biomechanical oh, yeah. engineer. But for somebody oh, yeah. who might not be an expert like us, uh, why don't could you explain what that is and like how what what it what it is what what's that what is that? Please please explain. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's honestly, it's like the perfect combination of like engineering and like physiology. So physiology is kind of more understanding like your hormones and like chemically what's going on. So that's like a lot of the stuff that I talk about on my page. And like, I took a neurophysiology class last year. It was really cool. And then mechanics would be more like levers and like, you know, movement patterns and things like that. Mm -hmm. So my last year of PhD research was doing like running gait. And we'd put these like sensors on different body parts and then try and measure like how they were running. Um, So if you're like a heel striker or your feet bowing around and stuff like that. Um, So I'm kind of like, I own, I own a research facility. Like I own a gym now. I can turn this into whatever I want. So I'm kind of working on having like a niche product where people can come in and lift weights and I have like a little device that measures how fast the bar is moving and then I can take videos from the side and measure angles and things like that. Um, but they had a whole program like that at University of Delaware and these like figure skaters would come in from all over the country and get analyzed and probably paid way too much money. And then they would <laughs> like, they're like, I can't land a quad and they're like, tuck your elbows. That's what the skeleton's telling me to do. <laughs> like, so um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, I just, I want to know how the human body works from like every possible angle. And it's, it comes down to levers and like, like we're basically very complicated machines. Like we have Mm. different types of joints and like we have different muscles that are acting on different things. And now like 
I've started picking up clients from TikTok and all of them are either ADHD or autistic. And a bunch of them have um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, the, the hypermobility, but I mean, there's some other stuff that comes with it too. So it's just like, now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of creeping into these like really specific disorders that people have. Um, I've worked a lot with like sports psychology. I worked with a sports psychologist for a while. I worked with like a, neur a neurological coach who gave me a bunch of drills for like pain. So I'm like really interested in learning about pain. And I know that's, that's something that's really attached to ADHD too. And just, I mean, it's been really cool to work with these clients. It's been like two or three weeks and I have like 10 plus from TikTok awesome. that are Whoa. doing. Yeah. So it's, how, how do you, how do you adapt for, you know, like if you've got like a neurotypical client or whatever, right? Like what is the difference between a neurotypical client and a client with ADHD or autism? Like how does that, how does that manifest um, approach a client? Communication. <laughs> like I've, I've actually figured out if I look at the membership at my gym, um, <laughs> we were counting this the other day. I have three neurotypical cishet white men at my gym out of my entire membership sounds like of, a, a really it's, it's fun a group of guys yeah <laughs> like there's a bunch of like queer members we have we have trans members i have a trans coach like we um we have a fair amount of women like and we're like a strike training gym which is really cool um and then come to find out this year like one of my clients that's been with me for three years, he's like, yeah, I have ADHD. I'm like, Oh, that's why we get along. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then more people started coming out and you know, one of my other clients, she's like, yeah, I've been thinking about getting diagnosed for a while. I'm like, okay. Like this all make, I like attracted these like weird people into my life. And I always just call this like misfits. And I'm like, no, these are neurodivergent people, Laura. But <laughs> that's why they don't think you're weird. <laughs> so. We do tend to find um, each other. Hi. Hi, both of you, by the way. Hey. Hi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a little bit more structured, but this just kind of like happened that way. Or the people that didn't like my communication style just kind of like weeded themselves out. But it's, it's better now because I know how to communicate differently with my neurotypical clients versus my neurodivergent. So um, in terms of like motivation with neurodivergent clients, um, there, I'm really happy that I'm doing this now because there's a lot of, there's a lot of shame, right. In general. And there's a lot of that in the gyms too. So I've had people tell me that they've had like personal trainers and coaches that have just like, just try harder. Like, you know, like the same stuff we hear and the other parts of our life. And it's like how many neurodivergent people have been pushed away from exercising and just like taking care of themselves because of the way that they were treated. Um, I don't know if you guys follow Dusty. She's an ADHD coach. She's talked about this a little bit with um, her coach, who it's it's one of the coaches at her gym. And if you're like a minute late, you have to do 10 burpees in front of the whole class. <laughs> it's like, how, yeah, how many people would be deterred from that and just be like, well, I'm not coming back. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. So like our 10 a.m. class on Saturday is is really like 10 15 like 10 20 like, <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of show up and and then start working out at some point between 10 and 10 30 and uh it, it's just kind of funny because they just they don't feel shame when it comes to like if they they screw up or they're not motivated or 
Um, and they just feel more comfortable texting me, like these online clients that I have. They're like, well, mm-hmm. I, um, I'm really scared to go to this new gym. You know, this one, one client, she got kind of pushed out of another gym because they didn't like her attitude or something stupid. And it was a CrossFit gym, which don't even, don't get me started on that. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so she joined a new gym as just like, she's just going to go in and do her own thing. And she was so nervous the first day. And I was like, that's, that's valid. Like you, you got treated really poorly at this last gym that you were at. So like, you know, if today's not the day, let's try it again tomorrow. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get mad at you because you didn't do your workout today. So it's just a very different, like, it's not judgment free. I hate my fitness, but it's shame free. <laughs> the shame free zone. <laughs> do you, do you feel like, cause you talked about a little bit earlier, you talked about needing to advocate for yourself and, and, you know, like wanting to sort of find the answers that you needed. Do you think that there's like kind of, I don't want to say like a parallel, but do you think that there's, there's like a lesson in there between like advocating for yourself, like at the doctor and then also like advocating for yourself, like at the gym or with your trainer or, you know, like just in terms of like how you care for yourself. Do you, do you think about that at all? Or did I just make that leap? (laughs) No, that's been really helpful for me. So um, I've actually been talking a lot about body image for like a long time. That's something that I'm like super passionate about. And it was like a part of my self-hatred that I actually fixed before I got diagnosed. <laughs> um, and it took me years. It took me a lot of research and a lot of reading. And there's been just like a lot of parallels between how I've like let things go and advocate for myself with that. And then how I'm doing it with my mental health now. So um, I kind of made a parallel that I'm big on body neutrality where I'm focusing more on what my body can do and not what it looks like. Um, so while I'm like super in shape and I've really never been completely out of shape my entire life. And I know that's, that's a privilege, you know, that's how I was raised and that's what my ADHD brain like latched onto. But, um, I, I'm like getting to body love is such a huge leap if you hate yourself. It's like, like going from here to here is it's, and then people give up because they they can't make it that far. So just like getting to neutral is super important. And, you know, I've gotten to the point where within the last year, probably because my mental health's getting better and I got diagnosed, like I'm getting to the point where I love my body because of all the cool things that it can do and what it's got me through. But it's kind of like, I think I had to make that parallel with like my brain just be like all right i just want to get to neutral (laughs) i want to not hate it for having all these differences and things that have caused me so much pain in my life i just want to i want to be okay with this and then try and like venture into this like positive part here but i'm not always going to be here and that's okay um but yeah like i've talked about this isn't a job but i would love to go with people to the doctor and just like advocate for them because yeah. It's the same thing. Like you're, you question yourself, you doubt yourself. You're like, am I, am I really feeling pain? Like, am I making this up? And you know, yeah. <laughs> and so many like women get dismissed, especially or, or assigned female birth with like endometriosis and pain and things like that. Or they go to the doctor and they're like, well, you need to lose weight. And it's like, mm, no, that's like one tiny variable in the grand, grand scheme of things. And so like just learning about all that, like I went to the doctor one time and I'd just gone up two weight classes on purpose. And she was like, you've gained weight since the last time I saw you. I was like, mm-hmm, it was on purpose. And then she dropped it. I was just like, <laughs> come at me. 
Like, <laughs> you want to tell? You want to talk about this? Let's do it. I'll throw out stats. I'll throw out why BMI is trash. Like, let's go. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's the the advocating for my mental health is hard right now because there's still that like I should be able to do this. I should mm. be able to get to class on time. I should be able to remember my homework assignments, and I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think just along the lines of neutrality, um, I guess, analogously, there could also sort of be, uh, I guess, mind neutrality or brain neutrality or, or right. mental neutrality. Um, we're like, you know, I would love to love the way that my brain works. That would be great. <laughs> but I spend a lot of time hating how my brain works, <laughs> like just, right. just getting really mad at myself and stuff. Um, yeah. And I think a, a big part of um, my life in particular, but I think a lot of people's lives, especially if you're neurodivergent, is just sort of like understanding what all this is, what this, what this body that I'm yes. in is and what this mind that I have is, um, just objectively and not having any feelings towards it necessarily. Just like, what is the case? What is right. happening here? Where's my starting um, point? <laughs> exactly. And it's not beneficial to have preconceived hatred of it. Like it's right. not beneficial in, in finding what that reality is, what the starting line is, what am I really working with? And once you're there, then you can go, oh, right. well, I actually kind of like some of this stuff, you know, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, would you, would you say that there are advantages? Well, what things have you learned in your pursuit of body neutrality that you also think would be useful in terms of, I guess, like mental neutrality or whatever the, 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 the mind version of that would be? Or do you um, think there are any things that are useful? So like, like I said, I did a lot of research um, and I got a lot of, I have a lot of resources for, it's not body positivity, it's body neutrality. Mm -hmm. And there's these two PhDs that I follow that talk about this stuff a lot. Um, it's beauty redefined, I think is the Instagram page and they, they're all over social media. Um, but they really changed the way that I looked at things because um they basically presented evidence. I like evidence. I like science. It is nice. I like cold, hard facts. I like studies that are done that tell me this is good. This is bad. Um, so like a lot of the stuff that they present is like girls past the age of 12 because of their body image issues tend to stop raising their hand in class. They, they tend to stop participating in sports. They, they tend to stop speaking up. And it's like, that's when it starts. That's when it starts that, we don't speak up in romantic situations. Like it's, it's just kind of the snowball effect that at this age you start, your body starts getting noticed. And so they've done studies on just like how that progression happens. Um, I'm trying to think what other stuff they've put up where they talk about um, just how society sees us and how we're bombarded with like marketing and it, it's a business. Like if you can objectively look at the beauty industry as a business, they would not make any money if you loved yourself. <laughs> like same thing with the diet industry. If the diets worked, they wouldn't make any money. Like, and, and it's, it's hard for people to hear that, but that's the truth. Like it's a beauty industry. Um, and I've tried to separate myself from that in the fitness industry. And so a lot of the research that I put together on my TikTok page, some of it is just my context from like my desperate attempt over the last 10 years to like understand myself. I, I can't, I've read way too much. 
like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe I just have an anxious attachment style. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. That's why I'm obsessed with this, this new person that I'm seeing. Or no, that's just hyperfixation. <laughs> but, or maybe it all kind of like comes together. But for me, just like reading off a study that tells me how my brain works, that's neutral. Like that mm. makes sense to me. So like a lot of the stuff that I try to talk about is just like, like they did a study on creativity with ADHD and the worse your memory was, the more creative you were like neurodivergent or not. And they, and it was like gifted and talented kids that were above the 90th percentile in terms of like testing. And they took like neurotypical kids and then like kids with ADHD and they tested them on like working memory, creativity and, um, something it was like reasoning where they had to like jump to conclusions from like different evidence and the kids with the worst memory were the most creative. So it's like there, there is a pro to every con, right? Like the fact that we can't pay attention to things um, for very long, but also I noticed that there was a car accident, there was a drunk driving accident that happened in front of my house and like the car had caught on fire. I noticed that. And like, you know, or, or people that work in the ER and they probably pick up on really important things in terms of like, oh, you missed this dose or, you know, like things that could kill people. So I can't pay attention for very long, but I also notice like everything that's really important. So it's just kind of like the, the neutral thing is what noticing a lot of small details. The, the con would be I can't pay attention. The pro would be I notice really important things. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Is, uh, well, I, so oh, I was going to, I was going to make the joke. Were you going to do it? I was going to do it. You did. did you I did it a little okay, recently. Okay. So, uh, so our producer is telling us that we have to move on. <laughs> our producer, Brian. Um, so, but uh, honestly, like, first off, thank you so much for coming on. Um, <laughs> second off, um, that was a weird way to start that. Um, you, you're great. I like you so much. <laughs> I just think you're the fucking best. I concur. Um, but like, I guess like, so for our thousands of millions of fans, um, what, what, like just kind of the close up, like what would be your advice for somebody who is starting that journey of like self-acceptance, like body neutrality, body positivity, like whatever. What is your advice for those people who are listening going like, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah, um, or I can just talk to you because I just like talk to me too. hurt. I hurt um, watching your video the other day. That um, well, I, at first I saw the one that I responded to, and that I, that's not the first time I've done that. I just like I get sassy sometimes when I see stuff like that. I'm yeah, just I like, appreciate the sass. Oh, no. I appreciated the sass. I was like, yeah. <laughs> which which video? It was the about the, the DM. The guy who is like, oh, hey, that fucking guy. so I think that your videos are really good, but it bothers me that you've gained weight. Like, it's distracting. And I was like, yeah, okay, first off, I actually haven't like, but thank you. Like, that was the, that was the other thing, though, too. It's like, yeah. I actually like, not get like, I was just like, okay, like that, like, all right, fam, yeah. like, I don't know. So I wrote it. And, and, and like, exactly what he it. was doing is so, uh, like, the reason that I, that I, I, I'm in a really weird position. Like I, I own a gym. Um, I'm an athlete. I like, I, I don't even I, like, I use very specific terms cause I'm, I'm an exercise physiologist. I have a low body fat percentage. Um, I wear a size 14. <laughs> like I'm like all over the place. So like when people see me, I'm five ten. like people can't tell that I'm big. 
or they, they look at me and they, they think that I'm skinny. I'm like, no, I have to shop in the plus size section. And so it's kind of like, I haven't had any trolls. I don't like, I don't know if like shaving my head, like just dummy proofs me from having <laughs> trolls. Like, what are they going to say? Like, you look like a dude. Okay. You're like the 50 hundredth person that. Oh no. Froze up. People that have said that. Uh oh. You're back. You're we, back. Can, we got it. Okay. We got it. We got it reconnected. <laughs> okay. Um, so I got really worried. <laughs> I've gotten very blatantly bullied for my body since I've been an athlete my whole life. And it's not something that I've really been able to talk about. Cause like, who's going to relate to that? Like, I don't, there's not a community of athletic looking women that I can really turn to. Like there's, you know, it's so sporadic. Like I can't think of many people in this city that I could talk to. But when it comes to, like, size, that's something that a lot of people have in common with. So, um, and then I'm in a position where I'm thin, I don't know, and, and I, can, I can kind of talk out about this stuff. But, um, yeah, so, like, a lot of the research that I've done is just, like, okay, nagging's a thing. Like, I've, I've had guys do that about my body, or they'll just be like, oh, well, this is, I guess that's okay. And I'm, now I'm just like, no! you need to be enthusiastic about this. Like I'm not doing the, like, I'm okay with you having shoulders. It's like, no, I need you to love this. Like, I'm not, I'm not putting up that language anymore. And I, I think just like for someone who's starting out on that, it's for me, it was realizing how rampant it is in like the beauty industry and like how we've been told these messages. It's coming from commercials. It's coming from clothing stores. Like I can't find clothes when I go shop for things. It's just, I, I wear spandex 100% of the time. Um, I make my own clothes. That was one of my solutions. And I, you know, there's, I have clients that are overweight that they just don't, their doctors don't listen to them. And it's just like, do you, do you guys understand how systemic this is? And something I put up the other day was about how thousands of years ago in like ancient Greek culture, that was considered beautiful. So when you start realizing that this is like a societal thing, it's a power structure thing and it's not actually about health. It's not about like, it's about our current beauty standards, like what it is at this moment. And if, you know, I, I've been an athlete, I'm, I'm 31. I've been an athlete since I could walk. And 15 years ago um, when I was in high school, I got called man arms. I got bullied. Like I got made fun of for the way that my body looked. And then, CrossFit became a big thing and then it was like like Instagram became a thing and then like the the fitness models on Instagram became a thing and then it was like for a hot minute like fitness was like the cool thing and I had to kind of sit there and say yeah but this could be gone tomorrow like I get that fitness is cool right now and you guys are like eating this up but like where were you 15 years ago when you guys were all making fun of my body (laughs) so Like, it's kind of detaching from that. Um, some of the rules that I have with, like, myself and my gym, we don't do before and after pictures. I think they're harmful um, because you're saying one version of yourself, one size of yourself is better than the other, and it's usually smaller. Um, I don't use looks-based languages, so I don't give compliments. Um, I'm actually being really careful right now because I'm, I'm like, nearing in 40,000 followers, and I get compliments like either in my comments or my DMS and I try to ignore them because I'm like, the more that I like take that in, if that keeps happening and then someone sends me a DM, like the one that you got, it's probably going to break me. <laughs> so 
Um, and they, they basically don't like, I've called some people out. Like they were, they were well-intentioned. They were trying to be nice. And I was like, don't comment on someone's body. Like not mine, not anyone else's just don't say anything. Um, I put up something that was like, Hey, just like post a thing, you know, I know it's scary, but, and she's like, but you have a good face and you have a good body. And like, I know she meant well, but I was like, please don't do that. Like yeah. it's, it's reinforcing that beauty is super important and it's not <laughs> like it doesn't Love need that. to be. Yeah. So I live in this world at my gym where everyone wears what's comfortable. Like if it's t-shirts and basketball shorts, that's what we wear. I, I mostly wear spandex. I, I have sensory issues, like I said, with clothes, but um, like if someone feels more comfortable <clears throat> not wearing a shirt, I'm not going to stop them because we don't have air conditioning. But for the most part, like people are, they're modest. They're not overly modest. They're mindful of how they're being presented to other people. I'm mindful that I'm modest because I don't think my body is better than anyone else's. So that like actually bothered me that someone commented on my body. Cause usually this is all you see of me is just, like from the chest up. Um, and I just like, I don't like when people compare to me, but just like, I just don't make a lot of looks based comments to other people, to myself. I just don't think about it that much anymore. I don't really look in the mirror that much. Like I, I don't even brush my teeth in my bathroom because my sink's been clogged for like two months. <laughs> I'm doing it in my kitchen sink. <laughs> so I just don't so spend a lot of time in there. <laughs> um, but it's just kind of like just moving away from that being such an important part. Because I mean, like, think about it logically. Like, I, you guys are smart. You're intelligent. Like, you say really intelligent things on your your pages. Really it's informative. Very of you. Thank you. Important. <laughs> but it's just like why is, why is the way that my face looks so much more important than like the science that I'm putting out there? I mean, when I read that DM, like I, I, I stared at it for like five minutes. I just, and I was like, so what you're saying is that it's impossible for you to learn anything about me or like learn anything from me if I'm not I would have had a field day with that, by the way. Like, I, would have had... I was so confused. Like, I didn't even know, like, what to do with it. Because I just was like... This I think is... he was trying to hit on you. I but, like, probably. did it in a very... I... No. Yeah. In a very, like, abusive kind of way. He was yeah. trying to hit on you. And... and I was like, I get the occasional thirsty DM. And I'm not, like, opposed. But, like, do it respectfully. <laughs> you know? Like, that's yeah. the thing. Um, okay. But, but our... yeah, one more thing. But, okay, you go. Well, so I, I got one more thing. I want to start doing this with all of our guests. It's a quick thing. And you are the first one. So, hey. Um, no pressure. <laughs> but just, I want to ask you the question. Um, if you could play every instrument in the world masterfully or speak every language in the world fluently and eloquently, which would you do? Is this a question? Mm-hmm. The you first one. The first one? So you'd rather play every instrument in the world masterfully? Yeah, because I'm probably going to try and do that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm doing right now? I'm in the process. <laughs> like, I was just curious. Like if I wanted to learn an instrument right now? Well, like if you could snap your fingers and just be a masterful at every single instrument in the, in the whole world, or snap your fingers and speak every language in the world fluently, which would you choose? This is the question. Like, I don't like humans enough to want to communicate with that many of them. Incredibly valid answer. But language or but music is a universal language, so I could I could communicate with everyone that way. Without having yeah. to talk to them. Boom, mm. lawyers. Look at that. 
That's pretty good. Okay. Our Brian says we have to move on. Um, but do you have <laughs> any last thoughts, anything you want to share, anything you want to promote, anything you want to like, just, we forgot to talk about it because we all have ADHD, like any, any right. closing thoughts for the jury? Um, no, I mean, just like, I think, I think we, yeah, we kind of covered everything. I mean, like I, I have my coaching business, but I'm not really complaining about how that's doing right now. Honestly, if I get more consults, I might start freaking out. So, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to plug that right now, even though I just did, but um, <laughs> it was like a subtle plug. If they want to find yeah. you, they can, if they don't they want to worry about it, it'll, it involves a Google search. So it'll be, I got to work on my time management before I start going crazy. Plugging <laughs> that. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just like, it just my page in a nutshell is like, I, I do a fair amount, obviously, like science and like context with ADHD and like body neutrality is like a big passion of mine when it comes to, you know, talking about exercise and just changing the way that people think about it, because now I'm realizing it's not really accessible to neurodivergent people very well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of like, and then music. Sorry, you guys have to listen to it. I think you jumped in on one of my live streams the other night and I was singing. I was like, ah, I know this person. And I was like, no. I, love, I, I remember that, and it was lovely. Not that it's about how good or bad it was, but I enjoyed but it. it was like, it's, it's good practice when I'm singing to strangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, Burritos and ADHD, um, thank you so much for being here. It was a real pleasure. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad um, that and I, like, I heard that I have to bug you to follow me back, Katie. <laughs> I am the that's worst. Nuts. I'm the worst in the world Katie. about following people back. Like I, that's what, that's what Carl said. <laughs> it's so stressful. Like I'm just always like, oh, they're really cool. I like their content, but it comes up as on my for you page, and then I just like forget to I just follow assume people I back. Follow them. Yeah, I'm just you like, just, oh, you just swipe. Yeah, all you gotta just, do is yeah, swipe inside, and then dumb. or the little plus sign. The little plus sign. Yeah, you right heard there. it here first, folks. Follow burritos and ADHD, and I will too. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> um, Katie, I'm honestly like, we had a guest, so you don't follow. No, it's fine. I just, I don't we'll like. Later. It's a societal convention that I don't ascribe to. Like, it's just. I got I someone that threatened to unfollow me the other day because I was like Kanye 2020, and then they like didn't wait around for me to say just kidding because he was on our ballot, and. <laughs> He's like, I was going to go and follow you, and then I figured out that I wasn't following you, but you're on my For You page all the time. I'm like, what the hell, Kathy? Like, <laughs> how are you going to be mad at me? You don't even follow me. That is very funny. All right. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful. I promise I'll follow you back, and uh, thanks. It's froze up again. Waiting on the science machine to do waiting its thing. Waiting on the thing. Wait, no, maybe it's just frozen forever. I don't know. I don't know. Give it the magic machine. I don't know. Hey, everybody, it's me, Idiosaurus. Ha ha ha. Just kidding. It's me. Hey, Goo. My real name's Eric. Remember? Welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest, an ADHD adventure. At the top of this episode, Katie and I respond to questions sent to us by listeners like you. If you would like to send us a question, feel free to email them to infinitequestpodcast at gmail.com, and maybe we'll answer it on our next Q&A episode. After that, we have our interview with ADHD advocate and gym owner, Burritos and ADHD from TikTok. In it, we talk about body image, body neutrality, and how learning to accept your body can help you learn to accept your mind. I'd also like to let you know that next week we will be back with more ADHD and and I'm super stoked. So anyways, here is Season 1, Episode 9 of Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest.
Full disclosure, Kitty and I mess around for a couple minutes at the top of this episode, so if you'd like to skip directly to the Q&A, it starts at about 7 minutes and 30 seconds in. But if you want to listen to us mess around and talk about, uh, I think, Pop Pop from Community and a turkey, I think, just keep on listening.